Despite a strong start last Friday in Logan, the Cougars dropped their fourth straight game. Throw. Picked up, and he's going to go. He's going to go. Yes, he will. Micah Hanneman in his way to the end zone. That's a touchdown. Micah Hanneman took it all the way down the far sideline, and the Cougars make it 7-6, to six, just what they needed. Tonight is homecoming for BYU, as the Cougars welcome the Boise State Broncos to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I like playing Boise. Boise is a good team. I love it. You know, can't wait to get out there. With eight games remaining in the regular season, BYU knows there's time to turn things around. Attitude is still to, to win, you know. Still energy's high. It's where you get going. In order to beat the Broncos and get back on the winning track, the Cougars plan to take control of their own destiny. I hate losing, and everybody on the team hates losing as well. There's some things we can't control, but there's definitely some things that we can't control. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus Boise State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Tonight, the BYU Cougars are hosting the Boise State Broncos on homecoming. My name is Jason Shepard, and I am joined, as always, by the ageless one, Mark Lyons. Mark, it seems, and I am super happy to be with you because... We have not done a pregame show in about three and a half weeks. It is so good to talk to you. <laughs> you too, Jason. Man, I missed you, that's for sure. And uh, maybe that has been the link that has been the problem. I'm trying a different out. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not superstitious, but I... I did put on some different clothes tonight. Oh, well, that's well. We'll see if that pans out. Yeah. As you mentioned, though, Mark, BYU has lost four in a row. They sit at one and four on the season. That is obviously wearing on everybody involved, whether it's coaches, players, fans, broadcasters. Yeah. How big is tonight's game, in your opinion? Well, I, I think it's huge. Yeah, it's they're in a they're not in a good spot. That's for sure. And uh, I hate to say this out loud, and over how many people are listening to us? A couple million, I'm guessing. Millions of people right now, Mark. I worry about the attitude, of course. When you end up losing four in a row, all of a sudden you start to wonder, uh, can we win? That gets into your head. In 1968, I was on a team that at the time was one and four. And so I talked to, uh, at the Wisconsin game, uh, seven of my old teammates uh, came up, and we had kind of a mini reunion. And so at the time, things weren't going smoothly. But I asked each of those players, did you ever think that we wouldn't win a game during that season? Did you ever go into a game thinking we were going to lose? And every one of them, including myself, said, no, I thought we were going to win every game. Each game that we showed up, we were going to play that game and we were going to win that football game. And so the fact that BYU is 1-4, and four, They have talent on this team, enough talent that they've got to know they have the opportunity, they have the parts that they can go out and win a football game. And so uh, I think that the part about the attitude is a concern. If you continue to keep playing poorly, you have the opportunities to win and you don't get over the hill and do it, that starts to get to be a factor. But tonight, I believe every player that's going to step on that field thinks they're going to win this football game. 
Mark, we're still waiting to find out officially who will start at quarterback. Now, both Kalani and Ty said this week that everybody's in the mix, including taking the red shirts off of Joe Critchlow and Cody Wilstead. Now, Bo Hodge most likely won't play that, according to Kalani, during his coach's show this week. Tanner Mangum did practice this week, and obviously health is really going to be the determining factor. Do you remember the BYU quarterback situation being this murky heading into a game before? Well, no. No. As I mumble through this, no. I just don't think that they've had this situation before. When you talk about everybody is a possibility, you've got a couple other guys. You know, Gavin Fowler was a high school quarterback, and Micah Simon was also a high school quarterback. If you were going to try and save Critchlow, uh, you might have uh, taken a look at a couple of snaps from those guys, but probably not. But uh, even so, uh, you know, in 2014, uh, I thought everybody played quite well. But uh, it, and Riley Nelson and Jake Heaps, they were having that back-and-forth thing going on in uh, 2011. And, uh, you know, they Christian Stewart came in, and I, Christian Stewart was a player. But, again, that's just two guys that are vying for the spot. You didn't ever have this situation. Back in 2002 and 2003, uh, Matt Berry and Brett Ingeman, they were struggling uh, at the position. They weren't playing real well, and they were trying to work things out in that time. But, again, that's two guys that you had. You didn't get down to the third guy or the fourth guy or think about bringing uh, you know, somebody out of a red shirt. So BYU has been so good. At quarterback, when uh, Jim McMahon gets hurt, Steve Young's there. When Gifford Nielsen gets hurt, Mark Wilson's there. You got guys that were in line, ready to play, and uh, right now I, I don't know that they are as strong as they would like to be at that spot. There, it's a it's a challenge. Don't you think, though, this goes beyond just who's going to play quarterback? And that's obviously getting the majority of the attention for obvious reasons. It's the quarterback. But when you look at the opponent tonight, it, Boise State is certainly not a world beater. This is a good yeah. team that BYU is facing. Uh, but this is not a typical Boise State team that we've seen in the, in the last couple of years. With that said, though, it's not just the quarterback. This is going to take a team effort tonight to beat the Broncos. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and they are beatable this year. You see that, uh, I mean, it's been 100 years or something like that. No, not that long. That was an exaggeration. They were 2-2 they were two and two going uh, into the first four games of their season. But they are beatable. And, uh, but even when BYU was stacked with stars, they still had a hard time beating Boise State. You know, it was just a difficult thing to get by. There was a missed field goal one year, go for two and didn't get it. All of those things play into it. Uh, Their system at Boise State is they just like to redshirt almost everybody. If you're a new player and you have promise and there's a chance that you're going to be uh, an impact guy when you come in, then you don't redshirt. But other than that, Boise State likes to redshirt Everybody in the 22 starting positions, offense and defense, they're every position but two have a red shirt in first or second team. And so they really bring them in young. They teach them the Boise State way in that year, and then they get them ready to play and they go out. I'm talking even the kicker, the snapper. The snapper was a red shirt. I was blown away that they redshirted a snapper. The holder, of course, is their punter, and he's also a redshirt. So their redshirt program is kind of their recruiting in order to get people ready to play the Boise way. 
it's been interesting that since this 12-game series was uh, was signed and then began playing, the home team has won the last five meetings between these two teams. With Independence obviously having its scheduling issues at times, how important is this series against the Broncos for the Cougars? Yeah, you, you know, with the, they're a good quality team. They're a good opponent to have. They have, um, they have the recognition of beating Oklahoma in a bowl and uh, on a kind of a trick play. You know, they were, for a while there, they were on the national scene and they were uh, on big teams big game TV games and so they got a lot of attention they're a good barometer team they're always tough they're solid they're well coached they have good talent so when you beat a Boise State team that's really a good win it's a it's a valuable thing you know uh, I think that uh, they well they have 21 players in the NFL and in the last eight years they've had uh, 20 players drafted so they have good talent they have a good plan, and so to win this game, it's a feather in your cap. It's really something that you've accomplished. You know that that was Virginia's best win since Bronco Mendenhall's right. been there, and they had to have just, they didn't need the plane to get home. They just flew home just from there, being excited about that victory. Well, and that's the other part of this this game tonight is that Boise is coming off a loss and has had two weeks to not only sit and let that stew, but also to prepare for BYU. It's certainly going to be an interesting and exciting matchup tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, and Ula Tolatau. That's in Cougar Cuts. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Up to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and Boise State. It's also time now for Cougar Cuts. And, Mark, the biggest question heading into tonight's game centers around the quarterback. Will Tanner Mangum be healthy enough to play? Doesn't appear Bo Hodge is in the mix. That, according to Kalani Sataki during his coach's show, more than likely not going to play tonight. Will Joe Critchlow take off the red shirt and play? These were all the questions that were proposed to head coach Kalani Sataki. I don't talk about our injuries too often, but there's still a chance that Tanner and Bo could play this week. And so with that still out there and and the practice time, it's just a matter of how much practice time can we get in this week and how much time can we feel comfortable with our guys leading and what's the risk of them with the the injuries that they have. So with that said, we're still looking at possibly using Joe Critchlow and and Cody Wilstead as guys that that, uh, you just hate to take them out of their redshirt year. These guys were serving missions a year ago, but you know, last time the return missionary was thrown in there early was Tanner Mangum and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it certainly did. And Mark, I mean, it, beyond just if someone's healthy, it's how healthy are they? They're healthy enough to play, but how healthy are they in, or, in order to produce? Those are all questions until somebody gets out there. We just don't know. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, uh, Tanner, uh, he's been out for a while. He's been wearing the boot, and he's been pretty good about it. And they have the some pretty amazing therapies today to get people back on the field. So 
I think he's a, a good chance. Bo Hodge, you know, he didn't get hit all that hard. It was just an awkward kind of a tackle that I think got his bell rung, and I'm not sure that he's able to play again yet this week. So the guy that I do uh, kind of feel sorry for is Coy Detmer because Coy Detmer is much better than he performed in the Utah State game. Here he got stuck in there, and uh, I thought he was pretty confident. I thought he uh, kind of had a little moxie to him, and he threw the ball around, but uh, unfortunately it was just too much trouble for him to get the thing done. And Greg told me, you know, on a tweet, out of 36 plays that BYU ran uh, after Hodge got hurt, 33 of them were runs. And so that was kind of saying we don't have much confidence. And of the three passes, two of them were picks. Yeah. So Coy is better than that. He is a better player, but right now they worry, I think, about his confidence and what he what he happened to him. Well, and regardless of who's plays quarterback, the players around the quarterback need to make sure that they're stepping up to help him out. And Ty Detmer says that that has been and will continue to be a big part of getting this offense moving forward. We said it during the game. Hey, all right, Bo's down. Everybody's got to step up. We'll go to the old line and say, we're putting it on you. And they stepped up. You know, they they did a great job. And I thought we handled them pretty well up front with them knowing we were going to be running the football. So that's where the other players around got to raise their level of play and and make a play here or there to to bail a guy out every now and then. So hopefully that happens and continues again this week. You know, Mark, and we were talking about that a few minutes ago. I mean, it's going to take a team effort tonight. Yeah, and so if Tanner is the quarterback, you know that uh, from his injury, you usually can move forward uh, okay, but it's the lateral movement that's a challenge, and one of Tanner's real strengths is to you know move out of the pocket. He likes to move out to the right side so often, but that offensive line has got to secure that pocket, and he, they probably will come with some more pressure similar to what Utah did from the edge, and so BYU has to be ready for that edge blitz and be able to protect Tanner so that he's able to throw the ball. Now, he also might be able to throw the ball a little bit earlier because uh, he, he might want to protect himself also. Ula Tolatau has emerged as the team's go-to rusher. Last week against the Aggies on the road, he ran for 105 yards, and he knows that having production on the ground is key for this offense. I know we could run the ball. I know we have the, the offensive line to to make the holes and to pit up those fights in the trenches. So I think we just got to stick to our game and just keep running the ball um, and, of course, your ball security. And that's going to be a big issue this week. So we're going to come out and we're going to be ready and we're going to be working on that. Mark, the coaches have talked about the, the biggest thing for Ula to this point is him getting healthy. We were talking about the quarterbacks being healthy, but he was coming off of his mission and, mm-hmm. and still kind of dealing with some of those nagging injuries, and they finally feel that he is healthy enough to be able to carry the load. And last week, with 105 yards, I mean, that, that you get that type of production, and that's going to take so much pressure off of the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. The run game uh, has really got to go, and and Boise State's pretty good. They only give up about 115 yards, I think it is, a game on the ground. So that's an area that BYU is going to have to pound, and they're going to have to be able to move the football on the ground game. And uh, it hasn't been it's been hard for them to do so. And Boise's going to be ready for it. I do think that uh, Squally's showing a lot better since uh, he's been demoted somewhat. He runs harder, and he has that opportunity to break one. And uh, Riley Burt was moved back to running back. And so I hope that Riley gets a shot to go out there and show what he can do because he's a a quick kid, big kid, high stepper, and, and they might need an extra back out there. 
Boise State brings in an offense led by a very good quarterback in Brett Rippon. And this team likes to throw the ball. They've proven to be very good at it historically. And head coach Kalani Satake discusses this Bronco offense. They also have a quarterback that has a lot of experience in his background that can, and he's done a pretty good job for himself. They, I know they're coming off of a bye, you know, so they can prepare for us an extra week, which is, we, we have some good film on them too. They come out here and they play in our home home stadium, and I think it'll be exciting. But Rippon's a good quarterback. He, 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 uh, he can spread the ball around quite a bit, and uh, we just need to have a good game plan. And I think we did well against him last year, you know, so uh, not good enough to win the game, but we'll just keep focusing on what we do well as a team, and as a, as, a, as a group defensively trying to manage who they have at quarterback but understand what they're trying to do as an offense. And I think I feel good about our matchup with them. You know, the, the thing about Rippon, he's, he's a very good quarterback, but – this has not necessarily been the Boise offense we're used to seeing, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the talent around him has moved on, and the wide receivers have, have been somewhat uh, inconsistent. Uh, they do not have a dominant rushing attack, so a lot has been placed on his shoulders. I'm interested to see how the BYU defense uh, handles a quarterback like Rippon tonight. One thing that I, I think about Rippon is that uh, if you get to him early and you put some pressure on him, if you sack him, if you uh, get him to throw a couple of bad footballs, then he's kind of bothered by that uh, as the game goes on, and that's why they bring in that Cozart kid. Now, the Cozart kid is the other guy that uh, Coach Sataki's talking about he, with some experience. He's a graduate from Kansas. He has an extra year of eligibility, and so he uh, transferred, and he's playing at Boise State. He's more of that dual-threat quarterback. And so BYU might be able to use that 3-3-5 that they were really good with last week against Utah State to stop that quarterback run. Coming up next, we're going to talk with the radio analyst for the Boise State Broncos, Pete Cavender. Cougar Countdown Show continues in just a moment. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Southwick sneaks, did not get in, did not get in, they stop him! This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Did not score! Did not score! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. We're also now pleased to be joined by Pete Cavender, the radio analyst for the Boise State Broncos. Pete, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us tonight. We appreciate it. Well, hey, when you have a day like this in Provo, Utah, with the Wasatch Front, I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And hopefully the game can kind of replicate that a little bit because it's been a good series so far. It certainly has. And I'm curious, from the Boise State side of things, how did the Broncos handle the loss to Bronco Mendenhall and Virginia, and and did that change how they approached the bye last week? Uh, I, I think it did a little bit. When you look at really what happened last week against Virginia, or two weeks ago, excuse me, I think it's kind of a situation where Boise State's defense specifically is, is just young, uh, and they really, the, as you guys know, when you play tough opponents, the margin of error is very, very slim. And Boise State, I think, has was lapsed a little bit against the Cavaliers, and, and a lot of the big plays against uh, Boise State's defense was explosive type of plays. You look at kind of two runs, one for 81 yards, a couple long bombs that went against Boise State's defense. And you look at offensively, the Broncos have just struggled very similar uh, to the Cougars here. And so that's just one thing I think Boise State's just trying to get back to is, is that was embarrassing two weeks ago. And as a former player, I take a lot of pride in that home win 
winning percentage there on the blue turf. And that's one thing that uh, I don't think Boise State really had going for it is trying to protect home field advantage, playing with that swagger that we're kind of used to seeing from Boise State. And so I think the Broncos are going to come out something to prove tonight, a national audience with ESPN with a much-needed victory, and BYU's uh, kind of in a similar situation. Boy, I agree, though. Many of those long passes for Virginia were right on, man. And the uh, guy had one half a step, and the ball was right there. So they were big plays. But uh, you know the BYU's quarterback situation is in turmoil. Explain to me a little bit about what's going on with the way they're using the two quarterbacks at uh, Boise State. Well, the, really, I think they brought in Montel Kozar, who was a graduate transfer from Kansas, who actually was a starter there, kind of a blessing of skies to be able to get him as late as Boise State was able to do, was trying to add another dynamic to the offense. You look at Brett Rippon, not the most mobile guys, maybe like a Tom Brady who runs like a 5-6 type of 40 <laughs> speed, uh, but he's a heck of a passer as long as the, the pocket is uh, has good uh, foundation between it. He's got protection. He can step into his throws. And then Kozar, I think, was brought in to just add that extra dynamic of maybe a little bit of zone read, maybe a little bit of pistol, and just have some scrambling ability to it, maybe even having two quarterbacks on the football field. But Brett Rippon has struggled this year. Uh, some of it's been on him. A lot of it's been on the offensive line. He's yet to throw a touchdown so far this season. So Kozart kind of by default has been the guy, but I would fully expect Boise State to start Brett Rippon, try to bring Kozart in a few more times to mix things up, and then if it's a situation where the floodgates are open for Boise State's offensive line, the Cougars are rushing through, Broncos might be forced to play Kozart just because of the running ability to get out of the pocket and try to extend plays. So uh, I think the Broncos, will, like I said, will start Rippon, uh, but we'll see a lot of two, two quarterbacks tonight. The Broncos, and we were talking about the loss to Virginia, the overall record is 2-2. Two and two. How is that being received by the team and the fan base? Well, it's tough. You know, Boise State, it's really Fiesta Bowl or bust, which has come to the to the Broncos, which is funny because when I was there, uh, we made the first bowl game outside of Boise, Idaho, and we thought that was big news. But now it's, oh, Vegas Bowl, who cares, or, you know, yeah. something along those lines. But uh, when you look at Boise State's opponents, outside of the Boise's games, the opponents are combined 13-2. and two. So, so I think when you look at the Broncos, it's not as bad as maybe the fans think it is because opponents have been very good. I mean, you look at the opening game against Troy, fans weren't that excited with that opponent, but then they've gone on, they won every game, they even beat LSU uh, on the road. Uh, so you just look at Boise State. It's not maybe the, the, the record you want to start off with, but you look at it and you think, you know, there's still a group of five team trying to compete against power five teams, however you want to uh, kind of slice that cake. But uh, Boise State wants to get back on track. This would be a good game for them to get before going on next week to San Diego State to get back in conference play. Last week, BYU turned the ball over like crazy. And uh, now Boise State in their wins, uh, that, well, they've had a little bit of turnover trouble themselves, even though they've gotten eight turnovers so far this season. Mm-hmm. So it's really been productive that way, but they've also given up a few balls. They certainly have, and it's just been mistakes. It's just, you know, a couple pick sixes here come similar like you guys had last week against Utah State. So uh, this offense, I, I'm going to be candid, it's not good. Boise State's offense is not good. Maybe, you know, right there with BYU, but both teams' offense is not very good. So the biggest thing I think for them is just try to stay out of your way. Don't have holding penalties once you get to the red zone. Don't have uh, turnovers or fumbled footballs. Don't uh, drop passes. As long as you can kind of stay on schedule, you can stick to the offensive script, uh, then you can kind of get a rhythm going. But when you get a holding penalty or a dropped ball and all of a sudden you're stuck in second and third long situations, it's really hard to be productive in that situation. And then on top of that, I, I think a, an issue that Boy State's been able to correct, which the Cougars, I think, are still finding, is starting field position. You know, that's yeah, kind of the perfect, perfect storm for a bad offense is to have bad <laughs> kick returns, too. And the BYU's had to work for every point 
point that they've scored. It hasn't been a whole lot of points, but that's because they've had to go a long ways too. So uh, I think kind of a key to this game is whoever has the best starting field position with both of these struggle, struggling offenses will probably get the victory. A safety Talking. might win it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an interception by a defensive yeah. lineman for the late touchdown. Oh, Maybe. <laughs> We're talking with Pete Kavner, the radio analyst for the Boise State Broncos here on the Cougar Countdown Show. And you were talking about how both teams, both offenses are still trying to find their way. What have the Boise players and coaches said about this matchup and this team that they're facing tonight? Well, they're fired up. I mean, I think it's not, oh, it's becoming a rivalry. I think it's officially a rivalry. And you look at the proximity of both teams, you look at both of them on the West Coast, you look at both of them maybe thinking that they uh, deserve more respect than they earned from a national scale. And so I think this is a game that Boy State wants to come out and, and win. Uh, you know, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, a very tough place to play, regardless if you guys are 1-4 and four or undefeated. Uh, so I think this is a game where Boy State wants to put on a good show against ESPN. They've been successful uh, on ESPN, but uh, you know anything can happen, and uh, I'm looking forward to a good football game tonight. You made a good point about special teams, and you've got some guys that have been good returners on both punt and kick. Your kicker is perfect, 4-4, four for four, and uh, extra points are great. So... Uh, explain a little bit about uh, what makes them so solid in their special teams. Well, I think Boise State, you know, looking last couple seasons, have really struggled, uh, really ever since Coach Peterson left for Washington. That was kind of the only position he would really coach, would be those punt returners, kick returners, because it is that valuable, as you guys have seen this season. And so uh, you look at Boise State, They've what they decided to do is put some of their best playmakers back there to, to return those kicks. So you look at Cedric Wilson, no doubt Boise State's best player. He'll be playing on Sundays in the NFL next season. And then Avery Williams, who his first touch as a punt return was an 81-yard touchdown to the house. So uh, he, Avery Williams used to be a running back. So those are just guys that are used to having the ball in their hands as opposed to maybe a third or fourth string type of uh, wide receiver running back to give those guys a break. So Boise State's put a lot more of their starters on special teams, and I think it's paid off. When you think of Boise State, especially, you know, in the last 10 years, not only do you think of really good quarterback play, but at least for me, I always think about a really strong running back to hand the ball off to. That has not necessarily been the case this year. What, what has happened to the rushing attack this year? You know, you're absolutely right. Actually, Boise and Auburn are the only two teams that have a 1,000-yard rush for the last eight seasons, but Boise State this year has really, really struggled getting the, the run game going. I think a lot of it is just a lot of unproven uh, really tailbacks at Boise State. You look at Ryan Wolpen, who was a former uh, walk-on. He was recently a scholarship, but he was at Northern Colorado, not necessarily made known for their running backs. And then you look at uh, Madison, who played last year as a true freshman behind Jeremy Nichols, who left early for the NFL, uh, you know that kind of had a, a, a you know two-sided effect to it too. I mean, Nichols leaving early on top of Madison, maybe kind of getting thrust into uh, the starting role a little bit sooner than he wanted to. But again, I think the biggest issue for Boy State's offense is the offensive line. They've used four combos uh, this season. I think tonight we'll see a fifth different combo. It's just trying to find those right five guys to get the uh, Hogs kind of rolling a little bit. And the biggest thing is uh, you got to own the line of scrimmage, and that's something that the Broncos have not done this season. Good stuff, Pete. Hope we uh, have a good game to call here tonight. It should be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to the continued series. So go yeah, both teams. Yeah, should be There good. we go. Pete, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. There we go. Pete Cavender, the radio analyst for the Boise State Broncos. Coming up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark, you can tweet me at JSN Shep. Use the hashtag AskLions. That's A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 15-10, touchdown, pick 
six. Cougars in front. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Welcome back in. Jason Shepard joined by Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and Boise State. Time for our Ask Lyons segment. Your chance as Cougar fans to ask Mark Lyons any question. And I, I realize today, Mark, I need to be more specific when I ask the question or tweet out that they can send in questions because uh, I had a lot of non-sports questions. Like somebody yeah. wanted to know how magnets work. And I, oh. I need to be more specific about the particular game that night. So oh, that's, yeah. that's on me. I learned my I lesson. I will move forward with a little more uh, clarity. I'm really Luckily, bad with, though, like, dog training, but magnets <laughs> yeah. I might have been able to do. Okay, well, do you know how magnets work? <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, this first question comes in from at Critch Sam. He says, easier throws are there for the passing game. Are the QBs making the reads too hard, or is the scheme too hard? Well, I think that uh, last week when BYU went to those, uh, they ran a bubble screen, you know, to the wide receiver to the right. Then they ran a bubble screen to the left. And so they were kind of taking advantage of that opportunity of making a completion, which uh, gets everybody in a good feeling. And then uh, Hifo is a guy that can, I mean, excuse me, uh, Pau is a guy that uh, can make somebody miss. And so I thought it was a good strategy. Uh, I would like to see more opportunities for that. A tight end and maybe a slot back across the middle against linebackers where it's just an easy throw. You know, you're only throwing about seven or eight yards. That's an easy throw, but uh, BYU hasn't been doing a lot of those. So I don't know that the scheme is hard. I think their intent is good. Uh, when I played, we had a rule that we wanted to always cross two stripes to make before we made a completion. And so we didn't throw many of those screen things. You were always throwing the ball downfield, hoping to get a first down on every play. This one in from at C Swag Daddy forty seven thirty two. Yeah, I know it's not 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 bad. That's not, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the offense should do to have longer drives to help the defense get a break? Yeah, that's the truth. You know, you you've got to do a better job of keeping those drives alive because uh, the defense has been working way too hard out there. So uh, one is hang on the football. That's the first thing. Uh, then secondly. Get yourself on first down. You've got to make positive yards on first down, and it's three or four yards. Three's not quite enough, but you've got to get to that four yards. And if you throw a pass on first down and it's incomplete, well, you've got to work harder to make up that difference and get it to eight yards the next down. So it's kind of like uh, you put yourself on schedule, it's called, and you try to get to the point where you're looking at third and less than three so that you have a good opportunity to make a first down on that third down play. So that way you keep drives alive, uh, you keep their defense on the field, and not only that, you increase the chance of scoring and also field position. That first possession of the game is so critical that you make a couple first downs in order to help your field position. So all of those come into play with that offense. This one in from uh, Adam in Venezuela. How about that? Yeah. Uh, can Ula, speaking of Ula Tolotau, we were talking yeah. about him a few minutes uh, a few minutes ago. Can Ula carry the BYU offense? I think that, the, he's, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to what uh, James Dye used to say all the time. Give him, the raw, give him that football. It ain't heavy. And so uh, <laughs> you just uh, load him up, you know, wear him out. I was impressed that uh, LSU 
They used that back like crazy. He carried like the first 15 plays. I think he had eight or nine carries. And so uh, I was expecting him to wear out pretty early, and he didn't. I think Ula's the same way. He's a big kid. He, As you mentioned, he's been injured a little bit. He's off a mission, so his uh, conditioning's not terrific. But I still think that he can handle the load. Uh, the last one coming in, and by the way, we appreciate the uh, the questions coming in for Ask Lions. And again, throughout the week, if you'd like to send in a question for Mark for the upcoming game, you can do that. Just make sure you use the hashtag Ask Lions. That's A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. The last question comes in from at Wendy62 underscore Taylor. If Joe Critchlow plays, what do you expect? Yeah, he's a strong kid. He's a good passer. So he's going to run the pro style that uh, Ty Detmer has. It's going to be similar to uh, Tanner Mangum as far as the play production. And uh, I, I'm very impressed with his delivery. His, uh, he's sharp. It's uh, yeah, People talk about a freshman, you know, going out and playing. But I remember the first time I stepped on the field without any experience and I was ready to play, and I was jacked up about it, and it was exciting for me to get out there, and I, my anticipation was that I was going to play well. I was going to help my team. It wasn't like, oh, no, I have to go play in this game that I really wanted to be in, but now I don't. <laughs> so I think that uh, the attitude of those backup quarterbacks is uh, many, it's different. The nervousness goes away in a hurry. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about the offense. How about we talk about the defense when we come back? When we come back, it's my Shep Talk conversation, this time with Cougar safety Zane Anderson. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard, joined as always by Mark Lyons. Tonight, the Cougars taking on the Broncos on homecoming. We've got Shep Talk coming up with Zane Anderson in just a second, but let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. As I mentioned, this week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU junior safety Zane Anderson. Zane has played in four of BYU's five games this season. The 6'2 safety from Stansbury Park, Utah, has one of BYU's two interceptions on the season. Sit back and enjoy my Shep Talk with Zane Anderson. First question is, how have you personally and, and how has the team handled the loss since Friday? Um, you know, it's frustrating. You know, we all sat in that locker room just... But there's nothing you can do about it now. we got to learn from what we did wrong and look on to Boise State this week. So as frustrating as hard as it is to get over, we got to get off our backs and move forward. How easy, because I have to imagine that that's something that just goes with the personality of each team each year, being able to let things go. How, how easy does this team put things behind them? I mean, we've had to, you know, we're one and four. If we don't move on the next week, we're just going to keep on. And so we got to keep on uh, going at it forget the last week and learn from our mistakes and um, 
but I think this year's team has gotten a little better at it. I mean, we're coming at it each week with more momentum. I mean, even though we didn't come out with some wins the past few weeks, but um, you can you can feel the energy at practice the next week after you, you lose. So I think um, we're handling it pretty well. I mean, there's still eight regular season games to go. Right. I mean, is there a sense still? There's plenty of time to turn this around. Oh, for sure. There's still eight games left. Um, we got to take one game at a time, but. Um, no, yeah, I think when you look at the long scheme of things, we still have eight games, and so, but just one game at a time, and uh, not just necessarily after a loss, but just in general, when you need to get away from football, what are you doing? Where are you going? When I'm getting away from football, I'm going home. Um, probably turn on the Xbox or something, <laughs> kind of just get out, get out for a little bit. Do you feel like you need that? Do, do players need that break just to kind of get away from everything? Yeah, I think um, everyone's different. They kind of have their different um, things to do to just kind of get a break, whether um, it's going outside, you know, doing something different. But I think it's, it's good. I mean, you can't have football on your mind all the time. I mean, as much as you want to. I mean, we're watching film every night. On our on our own and stuff, so but you gotta have a little break. What's the game of choice, by the way, on the Xbox? Um, Call of Duty, um, NBA 2K. So playing that with some friends. Who's your team, by the way, on NBA 2K? Um, I always I always go with the Washington Wizards. Now what's now? Not the Jazz. So what, like, why why the Wizards? Uh, I like John Wall. <laughs> My teammate Diane, We always play against each other. He's always a Jazz, so he takes a Jazz up. <laughs> Let's focus on the positive, though. What? From the defensive perspective, do you like that you've seen that's working well that you can build off of? I think um, demeanor out on the field is like is something that it's hard to describe. But when stuff happens, offense turnovers, the ball, you know, we're flying out there. We're freaking excited to be out there. Like, let's go, let's stop these guys. So I think we've got a good attitude. We're controlling. We can control. Um, I think there's some things we can work on. We need to get a few more turnovers every game. I feel like um, we've done well with what we've been handled and um but i mean there's always room for improvement this defense really is designed to create turnovers are you surprised that you haven't been able to get as many to this point i mean yeah you look at last year we were getting a lot of turnovers i think we were leading the nation and we were at least top 10 or something like that with uh turnovers and so that's something this year that we need really need to start pushing you know that's what this defense is for we're pretty aggressive as a starter this season what has it meant to you personally that the coaching staff has the confidence in you to put you out there as the starter. Right, you know it means a lot. You're working with these guys and these coaches, and they see you work all season and all off season, and so it's it's good having their confidence behind knowing that um, that they think you're the man for the job. It gives you that extra confidence while you're out there. Take me into the mind of a, of a safety right before the snap. What are you looking at? Take me through your thought process as a play develops. First of all, you, you're looking. You got to. Look at where you are on uh, on the field, where you're going to take your drop, and uh, the vertical threats. You know, there's a lot kind of going through your mind. But with the, when it snaps, you got to be singled in. With your if it's man, you're locked up. You got to be single man, locked in on the dude. And um, but I mean, there's a lot that's going on in your back there. There's a lot. A lot of things happening, so it's really you got to be focused back there. The offense for Boise State—they've lost a lot of guys, but I mean it's a talented offense year in and year out. They got a very good quarterback in Ripon. What are just your overall thoughts on what you've seen from this team that you'll face Friday? We were watching film this morning, and they're a good. They've got a good offense. They're going to throw the ball up a lot. They've got a good quarterback and some good receivers, so they're going to toss it up there. So we got to be ready for it. I mean, I have to imagine though, especially as somebody safety that's in the secondary. A team that's going to throw the ball. I mean, you guys love that challenge, don't right. you? No, we get excited. I mean, USU threw a lot last game, and um, 
Boise State's going to throw a lot, and we're, we get excited. We put a smile on our face. What is it going to take, just from the defensive perspective, what's it going to take on Friday for you guys to snap this streak and beat Boise State in homecoming? Like you said, Boise State's always got a really good offense, so as a defense, we needed to do our 111 as a whole, stick together, and um, yep. All right, we're going to wrap up with the final four. So you don't have to worry about any more football questions, okay? So this is all just quick response. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Now what? Not the Rice Krispie. Like plain Rice Krispie is the Rice Krispie Treat. It's good. <laughs> it's new, but it's good. No, no, no. Do they have like the chocolate, uh, the like the Cocoa Krispies ones too? Or are you just like you're the original? I like Cocoa Krispies too, but those are those are new. So that like I love Rice Krispie treats, and they put them in a cereal, so I'm all about it. Yeah, you can't go wrong with mini Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. Okay. Who is your favorite Disney character? I mean, you can't go wrong with Mickey. Just plain and simple. Like old school. Yep. Mickey Mouse. Okay, so when they make... This is this one's the one I always... This one really lets me know a lot about you. When they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? I think um, Brad Pitt would be pretty cool. He's in a lot of action movies. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Brad Pitt. You cannot go wrong with Brad Pitt. I'll tell you quickly, a uh, couple of your teammates, Jonah Trineman said uh, Will Smith. Bo Hodge last week said Zac Efron. So those are, the, yeah, so those are some of the ones. Uh, okay, the last question. What is the best part about playing football for BYU? You know, it's an honor to be out here. Um, I love this university, and um, it's, it's a blessing to be out here. and um, It's something special to be a part of. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be here. Zane, appreciate the time. Great stuff. Good luck on Friday. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mark, were you aware that there was a cereal that was based on just completely mini Rice Krispie treats? Well, it's my next purchase, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I wasn't aware of it, but I'm I'm a big uh, Rice Krispie treat fan. So uh, well, Now you can uh, have them for breakfast. So, You know, and if they're good, why not go with the big squares that you get there at Costco? You know, you get that big box full of them. Just say, you just need a bigger bowl, but I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah. Uh, Zane is – the defense in general, you know, has has played well overall. Uh, the play of the safeties, what, what have you seen from the secondary of this team? I think that the it's a, an area that uh, BYU is playing a little bit – you know, Zane said that they were aggressive, and I feel like they're a little casual. And so I would like to see him come up and pop people a little more off. Now, Zane's a good tackler, but also uh, teams have uh, had a lot of success completing the ball in the middle of the field. And uh, whether they're allowing uh, linebackers to be the guys that are supposed to be making that play or whether it's the safeties, uh, I don't know for sure what their strategy is. But the safeties are making those tackles, but they're making them after completions too often. So I would like to see him jump a little bit more on some of those guys on those uh, middle routes. Coming up next, we will look ahead to Cougar pregame live and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Countdown Show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Pushing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Jason Shepard, joined by Mark Lyons. Now, coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Notes. And you'll also hear from Boise State head coach Brian Harson. That's all coming up in just a few minutes on Cougar Pregame Live. However, it's now time for our Visit with the Voice, sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread, all-natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. How are you tonight? Very well, Jason. Good evening to you. Uh, first of all, were you aware that there is a cereal that is nothing but mini Rice Krispie treats? Oh, that sounds uh, not Zane terribly Anderson's appealing to me. Go-to cereal, by <laughs> no, the way. Really? So. Yeah, yeah. I, that doesn't sound like something I'd be, I'd be into. <laughs> Are you a chocolate cocoa puff guy or something? You know, I'm I'm very basic, uh, and we don't get a lot of sweet cereal in my home. Uh, yeah. But uh, if, if if there if there are if there are Cap'n Crunch or oh, yeah. Crunch Berries nearby, I'm all over it. Yep, there we go. Crunch Berries would be my answer, by the way. Okay, so you just spoke with Kalani Satake. What can you tell us about the quarterback position? That he plans to start Tanner Mangum tonight, presuming Tanner feels okay after pregame. That is the latest, and that is the plan. And uh, he has options uh, should anything other than that transpire. And uh, that's what we have at this point. Uh, he mentioned Joe Critchlow and Cody Wilstead as options. And I think we'd put Critchlow ahead of Wilstead as, uh, as potential possibilities right now. But the hope is that Tanner gets out there, starts, plays, plays well, and stays in the game. And everything else will kind of have to transpire um, as occurrences present themselves. Well, that uh, answers the first question that I expect to see Tanner. So the offensive line, do you think they've changed the offense at all in order to uh, adapt to him not being able to kind of shuffle out of the pocket like he likes to do? Yeah, wouldn't you know, he he, he beat Boise here two years ago by by moving the pocket. And that doesn't appear to be something he'd be going to a lot tonight. And uh, if, you know, a throwaway may not be a bad play and a a punt may not be a bad decision uh, tonight. Ideally, and this is just me talking as an observer, ideally a limited Tanner Mangum is able to still lead the offense well enough and maybe even conservatively so to hang with or have a lead in the game, in which case you keep doing what's working for you. I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, the wrench in the works comes if if he doesn't look good and BYU's playing from behind, then the coaches have a real decision to make. And it sounds like, um, based on what Kalani told me, um, you know, one of the redshirt guys, Critchlow, most likely would come into play if they had to go to somebody else. And again, the hope is you don't have to tonight. But if they got that, if, if they went there, it sounds like that's where they might lean um, uh, this evening. So my expectation is maybe quick release passes, uh, things that are going to kind of keep him in the pocket and yeah. uh, be able to try uh, get the ball away before any pressure gets to him. And ideally a steady diet of run game that actually worked quite well last week. Right. Uh, yeah. Ula and Squally were very effective at Utah State. If BYU is not turning it over you know, seven times, that run game likely carries them uh, to success. And the Bohaj injuries we've talked about, uh, uh, you know, had 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 a, a large part in last week's outcome. But generally speaking, what they were doing in the run game, barring the fumbles lost, which weren't a problem until last week. Let's remember, yeah. BYU had zero fumbles lost on the season going into Logan. It was a one-week problem, and it was uh, ultimately fatal. But uh, had they been hanging on to the ball, that run game was probably good enough to get them uh, to a good place last week. 
Greg, the players, the coaches, they've all said just how tired of losing they are. Mm -hmm. Is there a matchup? Is there a stat that you've seen that you believe favors BYU and might be the reason why they would win tonight? Yeah, I, I think it's run game. I think BYU is good enough running it, and, uh, and, and Boise State struggles enough to run it that BYU's run defense uh, can help win this game if Squally and Ula uh, get the job done on the ground. I, I think that's, uh, that will be a big reason BYU wins if it does. Now, BYU's not had the possession time edge in any game yet this season. And last year, BYU was one of the top 15 teams in the country in possession time. And possession time in and of itself isn't the most meaningful stat. But if you are a ball control team and you're a good third down conversion team, that's a meaningful stat. And BYU's not been good on either of those uh, uh, angles this year. And so I I think this is the kind of game that possession time might actually mean something uh, to who wins and who loses here this evening. And I'd like to see BYU be uh, a a ball-secure and a ball control team once again that may win this one. Taysom Hill was able to beat uh, Boise State, an Idaho kid. Tanner Mangum was an Idaho kid. If you got an Idaho kid at quarterback, you got a shot, and you're at home. And they want to start the Idaho kid tonight. So they, hope, right. they hope to be able to do that. We hope the Idaho, Idaho kid uh, looks good and plays well. And uh, he is he's well-wrapped. Let's put it that way. He is... Uh, that, yeah. that, that is as secure a tape job as I've ever seen on, on a leg, ankle, foot, shoe. It's, so uh, it might look like he's limping, but he has no option. It's just it's It might look like he has a cast that, on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is, it is really wrapped up uh, tonight. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the television cameras will show quite uh, capably what, what uh, Tanner's working with tonight. But it is, a, uh, it is, it is wrapped up tight, and uh, a lot of tape has been expended on making sure he can get on the field tonight. Greg, as always, fantastic stuff. Uh, we appreciate it and uh, look forward to hearing more of that conversation you had uh, with Kalani Satake coming up in just a little bit. Coming up in a bit. Thank you, Jason. You're very, you're very welcome. That is Greg Rebelt. Mark, thank you to you as always. It was a pleasure uh, being back on the air yeah. with you. Uh, we will hear chat. you and Greg coming up in just a few minutes. Okie doke. All right, there Bye. we go. That's Mark Lyons and Greg Rebell. And that is going to do it for Cougar, the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it is Cougar Pregame Live. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned into BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Touchdown! Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, the BYU Cougars host the Boise State Broncos. It is homecoming night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up, you will hear from Broncos head coach Brian Harson. But as we always do here on Cougar Pregame Live, we start things off with Nate's Notes, brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at choosenissan.com. Former Cougar, current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me. And Nate, big pitcher. Before the season starts, we all have high hopes. We all make our predictions as to how many wins BYU is going to have. How surprised are you that we are talking about a four-game losing streak for the Cougars right now? Yeah, uh, surprised like everybody, right? I mean, uh, you look at those teams, you think you're going to get some wins, and then you say, okay, well, the you know three of them were top 25 teams. You can always lose to a top 25 teams. Top 25 team, you lost to Utah State. You can always lose to a rival you never expect to lose four of those, but look, it's possible. Uh, of course, you you played four QBs this season already, so all the more reason why you might have 
a four-game losing streak. But to me, aside from all that, even more surprising is just the offensive numbers right now. I mm-hmm. mean, you can lose some games to some good teams, but the offense is just not producing. You know, total offense, 128th nationally. Scoring offense, 125th. Pass offense, 117th. Rush offense, 115th. That's what you got to fix. you got to fix the offense. you got to get it going. We heard from Greg Rubel just moments ago. He was speaking with head coach Kalani Satake. And according to that conversation, which, by the way, you will hear in its entirety coming up in about 30 minutes, Tanner Mangum, as long as everything goes well after the warm-ups this, this evening, will be the starting quarterback tonight. Your thoughts on Tanner uh, being able to be back in the lineup most likely tonight after four weeks? Yeah, watching him down there warm up. He's throwing it around. Looks pretty good. Also looks a little ginger. Sounds like he's got a cast on his uh, foot in terms of tape. Uh, but th- this will be a real uh, uh, a real testament to what adrenaline can or can't do. You know, I mean, it could be where he gets out there and the adrenaline kicks in and you don't think about it the rest of the night. Or it just could be that he's just not ready and, and may not finish. But curious to see, of course, the, the challenge for Tanner is that like Mark mentioned earlier, Tanner seems to be at his, be at his best when he's just making stuff happen, when he's playing backyard football. And, of course, you'd expect that to be limited tonight. All that said, this is the same quarterback who set BYU freshman records for a quarterback through for 3,300 yards as a freshman, mm-hmm. 23 TDs, five games of 300-plus yards. Again, all as a freshman. The guy can sling it, just hoping that he's feeling good enough to do it tonight. Hey, the last time he played Boise State, there was there were fireworks. It was, it was quite the was exciting a, game. Quite the exciting game. <laughs> it you certainly know, you was. Think, think back to that season. You know, Tanner comes in and and beats Nebraska on the Hail Mary, and, and then the in the pass that he threw to Jurgens against Boise State. Well, first a long touchdown early in the game, the first mm-hmm. quarter, and then that game-winning touchdown was just, I mean, a, an amazing throw. Put it where only Jurgens could catch it. Uh, so it, it's it's comforting to know that that guy at least is expected to be taking snaps tonight. Okay, so we've been talking about the offense, quarterback situation getting most attention for obvious reasons, but BYU's offensive issues go beyond just the signal caller. So what can the guys around the quarterback do to be better to help out the offense? Yeah, I think one of the glaring things to me that seems to be improving a little bit is just the kind of communication between the quarterback and the receivers. Receivers need to do a better job of being on the same page of the quarterback, meaning you got to recognize the zone, you have to settle, you have to recognize the man, you have to keep running, and the quarterback has to know what you're going to do. So as a receiver, you have to be decisive. And at times we've seen the guys a little bit hesitant, not quite sure whether they're going to settle. And as soon as you start being hesitant, quarterback doesn't know what you're going to, going to do, and that leads to mistakes. Uh, the other thing you know, that I think we can easily overlook is, is the three guys up front, Tijon Tooney and Kia Norman, you got a, you got 105 starts between all the offensive linemen, primarily with those three guys. That's a real strength of this team, so hopefully BYU can establish the run game with Ula and those strong offensive linemen. That's a great point, yeah. I mean, and, and we were talking with Greg. I mean, you know, the, the, the rushing attack can take so much pressure off of Tanner and, or whoever plays. I mean, that, that, is, that is something that can be a huge benefit to BYU, not just tonight, but moving forward, if that rushing attack can become consistent. Absolutely, and there's no reason why it can't with the experience you have on the offensive line, the emergence of Ula, and then you've still got some guys in Squally, Kavika, and potentially Riley tonight that can also run it. 
Boise State likes the big plays. They like the trick plays, although they haven't had as many recently. What concerns you most about this Boise State team tonight? Yeah, the fact that they score 30 a game concerns you. Uh, But here's the thing about Boise State. They've been ranked for at least one week in each of the last 15 years. That's tied for eighth nationally with USC. I don't think this is that same Boise State team, though. I wouldn't be too surprised if at the end of the season Boise State never did climb into the rankings. Maybe they will. Maybe they get to conference play and get it straightened out. But this team is 5-5 in their last 10. Uh, They give up 29 points a game. So uh, you're worried about the offense, not uh, incredibly or not too worried about the defense. And if there was a chance for BYU to really win, you know, beat this Boise team at home, Based on Boise's ability, tonight's the night. Now, of course, BYU struggling, so that's going to make it all the more difficult. But this is not an unbeatable Boise team. Because of the Boise State offensive philosophy, do you expect the BYU defense to have more opportunities for takeaways tonight? Um, opportunities, yes. Are they going to capitalize on it? That's the question. It's just amazing to think how good BYU was at takeaways last year. Kind of cool. One of the best all-time at getting picks. Francis Bernard, and then a lot of the guys that made plays last year, like Gualaku. I mean, he had, let's see, three picks, I think it was. So you still have some of the guys that create a lot of those turnovers, but right now BYU's created four, just four. Hard to believe that through this many games they've only created four turnovers. So uh, I, I don't know that I would bet on it that BYU's going to be able to do it, but maybe tonight's the night that they can get back to creating all those turnovers. And it would, of course, go a long way to helping them get a win here. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you decide how you want to answer this one. Be, uh, you can either go... Uh, one on each side or one position group in general. But which position group will play the biggest role in determining the outcome of the game tonight for BYU? Oh, uh, how about this? How about I go two position groups from the same side of the ball? Oh, you're going to mix I, it up a bit. Yeah, we'll mix it up. I think we know what we're going to get out of the BYU defense. They've been pretty consistent all season long. They're pretty stout against the run. Uh, they've not been great against the pass, but they do have some good experienced corners. Uh, but to me... The position group one is quarterback, of course. I mean, if Tanner Mangum can go the distance, that's going to have a huge impact on the game. And then secondly, I just think Ula and Squally in that offensive line, eh, let's ignore the offensive line in terms of position groups. We'll go Ula and Squally. But if they can really establish a run game, get that five yards of carry, then BYU has a chance to put up some points and win the game. We haven't discussed this, but Boise State's coming off a loss. They've had two weeks to get angry about it two weeks to prepare for BYU how much do you expect that to play a role in tonight's outcome yeah the preparation of course matters you can scheme a little bit more game plan all that I think you're just a little bit more healthy you know you're guaranteed to basically get back like one guy at least that you probably wouldn't have had if you didn't have that extra time so it does give you a little bit of an edge hopefully they've forgotten the plays by now (laughs) (laughs) Nate, great stuff, man. Always appreciate the conversation, and uh, we'll hear you on the broadcast with uh, Greg and Mark coming up in just a little bit. All right. Thanks, Chip. You bet. That's uh, Nate Mickle joining me from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. On the other side, my conversation with Boise State head coach Brian Harson. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Lobs for the end zone. Hit me! Touchdown, Cougars! At the far sideline! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. 
Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Getting you ready for BYU and Boise State. Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the Broncos, Brian Harson. Harson is in his fourth season at the helm of the Boise State football program. Under Coach Harson, the Broncos have gone 33-11. and 11. Here's our conversation. Well, it was good. I think uh, it came at a good time. Uh, and I felt that way before the, the season, too. I thought that would be a good time for us with the schedule that we played uh, the four games and allows our guys to get back and get some work done, allows our guys to focus on the things that we need to get better at, allows our guys a couple days to get themselves caught up academically and all the things they got to actually do, you know, besides just playing football and, and then, uh, getting a couple guys back healthy. Um, so it came at a good time. Coach, the home team has had a lot of success in this series. Why do you think this has been such a, a home-dominant series so far? You know, other than just the obvious of playing at home, I don't know that. I think it's just uh, – I think it really comes down to that. Uh, because I think this – I think the, the game itself is really important to a lot of people. And I think uh, regardless of where it's being played, what day it's being played, uh, what time it's being played – I don't think that even matters. I think there's just uh, a great following from Boise State BYU. I think the energy is, is felt by the home team. Um, other than just the obvious of that, I wouldn't, you know, not, there's not really anything that's just stood out like there's this advantage other than just the home field advantage and the, and the environment that you're playing in. What do you see when you look at this BYU offense? Um, well, they've had injuries. You know, the quarterback position, that's obviously a big one. When your quarterback gets hurt, you're, you're going through different quarterbacks, there's always you know, there, there's a side of trying to figure that out. You know, you have a plan for it. You prepare for it. You think about it. That's why you recruit guys. That's why you get depth and all that. But when somebody goes out, it's you never really have a plan of exactly when. And, you know, I've been in that situation before, too, where you're trying to, you're trying to make it fit, you know, with, with uh, in, in the – in the situation when it happens. So each guy's a little bit different. Each guy's got their own own style, and, and that's one of the things when sometimes with your backup quarterback, you don't always get a ton of reps with them. And what happens in the game, you gotta you got to adapt to his style, and, man, you've already put a game plan together. It's hard to do. What has stood out uh, from your perspective on your own offense this season to begin the year? I, I think watching every game, opportunities missed, I think – inconsistency I think um, you know we've dealt with our own quarterback injuries at times you know just uh, not the uh, the type of production that that we want to have that I think that we're capable of having so the inconsistency inconsistency is probably the best way to describe it you were talking about this matchup you know some call it a rivalry some don't how would you describe this series well I would say it's a rivalry game I mean I, I think and the reason why I say that is because of the importance of, you know, with the fans and, and you know, our guys, there, there's a lot of connections between the two teams. We, we played each other. We're, we're in a series for I don't know how many more years, probably forever, uh, which is fine. I just think it's, I think it's a good football game. I think it's one that, that uh, I always look at it like this, and I say it only from the standpoint, you know, I think games, and you can, however you want to define rivalry game, Everybody wants to use that as locker room material. I look at it as, and it doesn't matter anywhere in the country, two teams that people really like to see play, that's got to be one of those games that fits into that category. 
And I think this is certainly one of them. I think everybody, regardless, is, and I say everybody, including people that aren't even going to be there or, or fans of either team, is still interested in seeing Boise State-BYU play. From a recruiting standpoint, how often do you guys run into each other, speaking of Boise State and BYU, in terms of recruiting? And, and does a game like this help one way or the other? We, we run into each other uh, more than you think. I, w- I wouldn't say um, we're, we're the – they're our biggest competition or we're their biggest competition in recruiting. I don't think that sometimes some of the guys we're on are a little bit different. Their areas, they go get guys are different than ours, but we do cross paths and we do, you know, we do share a lot in common as far as guys uh, that we're looking at, you know, we recruit in the Utah area. And so, but I, but I think this, as far as recruiting goes, maybe it's not just about the guys you're recruiting, but it is about the game. Cause like I said, people, people are interested in it. And recruits are part of those people. They're they're watching the two teams play. And guys here BYU, they think BYU. Guys here Boise State, they think Boise State. And they, you know, those are two names that are on most people's radar that are just involved in college or enjoy college football or know anything about college football. So I'd say this, you know, whether either team is on a guy, they're paying attention to the game. In terms of keys, I know that there are a lot of things, and you mentioned both teams dealing with injuries and, and things like that, trying to, to get back on track in a game like this. What is your focus? What are those keys that you look at that will be crucial on Friday night? Well, I think it's just about us, number one. I mean, right now we have keys and all those things, but really it's about us. It's about our focus. It's about us uh, having a great day of practice today. And executing, you know, I think that's really what, you know, for our football team, that's what we talked about. It's 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 really those things. That was the head coach of the Boise State Broncos, Brian Harson, joining me here on Cougar pregame live. Appreciate a few minutes with the coach of Boise State, and it's interesting if you look back at. It uh, at three out of the last four games that BYU's played, we've brought up the term rivalry game. Obviously, you have the rival, which is the University of Utah. Then you have a game against Utah State, who is a rival. Now you're talking about whether or not the game against Boise State is a rival. So it's it's interesting that that term has come up uh, three out of the last four games for BYU. And just a couple of quick notes. If you were not around uh, about... 30, well, probably about 20 minutes ago, roughly, 20, 25 minutes ago, when we had uh, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, on the pregame show. He has spoken with Kalani Satake. You will hear the entire interview coming up in uh, in about 15 minutes. Uh, but the latest on the quarterback situation is this. All indications are Tanner Mangum is going to start the game tonight. It is all still based off of health and how he handles warm-ups, but according to Kalani Satake, that is the way uh, that things were going, is that uh, Tanner Mangum uh, should get the start tonight, and then they will see how it goes from there. That is kind of the latest in terms of the quarterback situation. Also, another quick note for you, uh, the original starting time for this game uh, has been progressively pushed back just a little bit not uncommon that happens a lot when you're these late games whether it's a Friday or Saturday night you really are kind of uh, waiting for the other game before you to end and because TV and everything is involved it kind of 
keeps pushing back so they can make sure that they, they get the audience. The original start time was 8.15 Mountain Time, 10.15 Eastern. That was then pushed back to 8.21 Mountain Time, 10.21 Eastern. Well, it's been pushed back five more minutes to now 8.26 Mountain, 10.26 Eastern Time. We'll see if that if that holds or if there uh, or is another pushback because of the game currently going on uh, before on ESPN. Speaking of that game, as well as uh, other games going on, we'll update you on other action in college football. When we come back, you're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. Step up, a takeoff, a shakeoff, and into the end zone! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you with a quick final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Only one game going on. No games tonight in the top 25. The game that is preceding ours on television, which could cause the game to be shifted uh, further down uh, the schedule just a little bit, has uh, Memphis and UConn right now. It's the Memphis Tigers leading the Huskies by a score of 42-24, to 24, exactly seven minutes to go in the third quarter. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good evening, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus here in Provo, Utah, as tonight, late tonight, two teams in bounce-back mode go head-to-head under the Friday night lights. It's BYU and Boise State and the renewal of this regional rivalry that will tonight see the two teams meet for the sixth time in a 12-year series and eighth time overall. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel, joined in our broadcast booth by my on-air partner and one-time Cougar signal caller, the Arvada Flash himself, Mark Lyons. And, uh, Mark, uh, time available for a turnaround diminishes with every game played, of course. And uh, now we're five games in, and BYU's without a win since its FCS opener in late August, and here we are in October. Cougs on a four-game losing streak. And the last time BYU lost five straight was back in 1970. So we're on the verge of a rarely explored territory. We'd all rather not go there, considering uh, all that BYU's been through in the last month, including injuries. It'd be particularly rewarding for these guys if the Cougs can rise up tonight and see some payoff for their struggles during this four-game skid. Absolutely, Greg. They, they just have to get ready to play, and they have to be able to get over that hump. You know, uh, I think they're in a tough spot, but they've had good opportunities to win those two in-state games that they've played so far. They had great opportunity, but they just couldn't get the victory. Anyone would be great, but beating Boise State would be doubly rewarding, I think, because a, a win gives you that, that big load off your back. That the You know, the players have been carrying, and they've been dealing with it, and they see people in the halls and on the campus, and just have to think oh man we lost another one but the second part is Boise State's a hard team to beat it'd be such a satisfaction for the players to recognize they have accomplished such a difficult task so that's rewarding this 12 game series with Boise State has really created a rivalry I think uh, one of the former Boise State players uh, this week's been quite vocal about his dislike for BYU and so uh, you know the fact that he pointed out BYU as a team he didn't like that creates that kind of rival feeling. BYU's got their backs up against the wall, and they're ready to take on the Broncos. But a win breaks that losing skid, 
Number two, it makes football fun again, and they get to redeem themselves from that seven turnover game last week, which was just an oddity. Now, Brian Billick was on uh, Sports Nation today, and I was impressed with what he had to say. Uh, Spencer Linton asked him about the seven turnovers, and what does he do as a coach to try and get his players to forget about that? And uh, I thought his answer was quite good. He responded that he would reach into that vast amount of knowledge that he had gained through the years of experience, and then he would tell the team, don't do that anymore. And so <laughs> that's the way it goes, you know, and, and he's a Super Bowl champion coach. Well, I tell you what, we got ESPN, we got an evening night on Friday, you got Boise State here in the house. It's a cool, cool, oh, man, uh, it's going to be great. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. Well, coming up next, we'll get the pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, including the latest on the Cougars' ever-changing quarterback situation as the Zions Bank, a Cougar pregame coaches show, continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, the BYU and Boise State coming up at 8.26 p.m. Mountain Time. Last five meetings in the series have all been won by the home team. Last time the Cougars and Broncos met here in Provo, Tanner Mangum threw a fourth down touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter. Then Kai Nakua followed that up with a deal ceiling pick six as the Cougars came back to beat Boise by a score of 35-24. to 24. So it says 11-point win. But that was not an 11-point win game until the final seconds. That Absolutely. was a crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. finish. It was wild and exciting. It was a fun one to watch, especially because BYU came from behind and won that thing. Fun one to call. BYU coming into tonight's game 1-4 and four on the season, of course. Uh, after four consecutive losses, a bowl eligibility is a more precarious prospect with every setback. A BYU needs at least seven wins to get postseason eligible. They have one right now with eight games to play. That means going at least 6-2 and two down the stretch starting tonight. For BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, it's one game at a time. And uh, this past week, it was uh, one practice at a time in determining who would be available to start at quarterback tonight. A short time ago, I visited with Coach Sitake in his locker room office and asked him to give us the latest on the BYU's quarterback situation that has uh, been in question all week with Tanner Mangum working his way back from injury. Bo Hodge unavailable due to injury. Quite Detmer remaining in the mix after a rough game at Utah State. And RMs would be red shirts. Uh, Joe Critchlow and Cody Wilstead getting reps just in case this past week. Here's Kalani now on uh, the status of Tanner Mangum coming into tonight. Well, we'll have to see how he feels in pregame. But, um, I mean, he practiced, you know, um, basically all week. And, and, and um, you know, and he, and he progressively got better as we went throughout the week. And so it being game day and with a little bit of adrenaline going through him, hopefully it'll work. But, um, you know, we have uh, a couple other options if he's not able to go. But I think our, our first um, our first thought is just to go with him and see see how it goes. And, I mean, we're still, we still have a few um, opportunities to warm up and, and see how he feels before the game. But I think for the most part, that's our plan right now. What's your gut telling you about how he was pacing throughout the week to be able to be ready for an 8:21 kick or so on Friday night? Yeah, I, I thought uh, from what we saw and the improvement we, he made from day one to day two in practice, um, initially you'd think that they'd be a little bit sore and, would, and they'd be taking a step back. But he, on the other hand, has 
has gotten better. And so um, that's that's a good sign, you know. And if there's really no risk to his um, his uh, him playing other than uh, pain tolerance, and I think that's that's what he wants to hear, and uh, that's how it sounds right now. So we'll have to keep evaluating. He's been out for a little bit, but his mind and, and um, you know being able to watch the film and be able to see the mistakes that's being made, I think he's he's sharp in that aspect. And so really looking forward to him being on the field and being the starting quarterback that we know he is. What would he need to do to be effective for you guys tonight? Well, I mean, all he needs to do is really manage the game and be able to distribute the ball in different places, whether it's the run game or the pass, and, and just basically take what they give us, you know, and that's, that's uh, what we're trying to accomplish with the quarterback um, in the throw game, especially when we're passing and just um, not forcing things, and that's when you force is when you uh, have uh, turnovers, and that's uh, you, you hate just keep talking about it over and over again, but that's something that we need to be mindful of, and um, you know, the uh, punting the ball is not the worst thing that could happen, and especially with our defense being able to to use a long field, I think they're, they're really more successful in that in that part of the game. But um, also not letting them feel like we're handcuffing them in the game in the game plan, and uh, letting them feel like he can have the freedom to take necessary risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he's got to grow up a lot tonight, and and uh, regardless of who the quarterback is, Tanner or whoever's playing. And, um, and make good decisions. That's what we're looking for. Of course, you hope to get a full good game from Tanner. Um, who's your backup uh, behind him tonight? Well, it'll probably be, uh, I mean, you'll see some of Ossick um, Fences in there um, with with the uh, Wildcat package. and, and um, But, he, you know, he's a guy that played quarterback before. And um, you also see a little bit of Joe, Joe Critchlow and possibly Cody um, Willstead, depending. So that's kind of how we're going right now with what the guys that got the bulk of the reps in practice, and that's um, that's the game plan right now. Okay, your sense of uh, the week of work that your guys gave you this week, how how to go? Really good, and and uh, I mean I, I really not have any complaints of the way these guys practice and worked all week. It's just a matter of putting it all. Uh, on on game day, you know, and um, last week we, I thought we were really close. We just just couldn't overcome the mistakes, turnovers, and penalties. And so uh, let's play a clean game and then be able to play assignment sound, but also um, limit the the big errors. And, and I think we'll be successful. Okay, Boise State uh, coming off a bye and a loss in their last game. Uh, how would you assess this Boise State team that comes in at the two and two on the year? Well, I, th- I think the, um, with the extra week, you always have to be careful with Boise and things that they can do, um, extending drives, meaning stuff that they do with the trick plays. I remember um, last year they had the uh, on the opening kickoff, they had uh, one of their players lay down in the end zone and, and try to do the, the you know the lateral across the field. And um, with extra time, I think they, they you know they've proven that they they have a, a lot of different. Uh, gadgets and trick plays and so we have to be ready for all that and whether special teams are, are defending their offensive stuff and um, they're really capable of, of uh, you know utilizing their skill and then especially with their with the receiver with Wilson and so we have to really be careful with uh, just you know with if we're assignment assignment sound that we're good I, I think last year you can remember there were some broken um, broken coverages that gave up some big plays and, and once we, our guys settled in a little bit then and, and we're assignment sound it was a lot more difficult they're a good offense and 
and they can really uh, score in, in, in chunks. And so we have to be able to weather the storm a lot of time. And, and But most of that's going to be dictated on whether or not we do our assignments and, and um, whether Coach Tuyaki and, and the other coaches keep it simple and allow our guys to play fast. And so far from what we've seen all year, I think they've been good. I mean, it hasn't been great, mm-hmm. but uh, why not tonight be great? You know, And, and uh, I think it's a good matchup for us. Your run great game is progressing, and they're pretty stout against the run. Good matchup there. Yeah, and, and they, they run a... Uh, um, you know, with a three-man front, they do a lot of different things with the outside linebackers, and they have some length and some some size. And so, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be tough for us. But uh, luckily, it's a lot of carryover from what we saw in Utah State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that matchup goes. I mean, I think that you're gonna we're gonna have to be successful in the run game in order for us to really um, throw the ball. But uh, there's nothing wrong with just uh, you know. If, if they want to load up the box and take away the run, then we have to be comfortable with being able to throw the ball and, and uh, being able to take take some ch- shots downfield. This is game six of a 12-year series. In the first five games, the total points is BYU 135 and Boise 134. Mm-hmm. So that kind of and and there you know there's there's a game or two where, where one team gets away from the other, but for the most part, these are competitive, uh, really entertaining games. Yeah, it's an honor to play Boise State and, and to have them here in our home and and to have this uh, be an annual. Thing. Thing. So it's nice, uh, you know. I know Coach Harson does a great job there, and and um, you know he he's all, he also is a, a an alum of, of Boise, just yeah. like I am at BYU, yeah. and so uh, we're kind of an extension of the old old school days. And now we get to run this program, get to play each other, and then the fact that we're close to each other. And there's a it's 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 odd because there's a lot of families that are even split in this one. So uh, looking forward to this game, and and uh, you know just really excited that our. Uh, about our, our players and want to see them play and have fun. Kalani, best of luck to you and the guys, and we'll talk to you after the game. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. All right, that's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our BYU-Boise State preview continues after this break on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Tuned in to BYU football. He's gone! A 99-yard touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! Is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Good evening once again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, on the campus of Brigham Young University. As tonight, the Cougars of BYU look to snap a four-game skid by hosting the well-rested Boise State Broncos, a team coming off a loss and then a bye. The Broncos look to get their season back on track, while BYU seeks to start a long-term turnaround. I'm Greg Grubel, joined in our broadcast booth by game analyst Mark Lyons. Engineer Barry Squires, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, and down on the field, former Cougar receiver, return man, and academic All-American, Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, 
we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate joining us later in our pregame coverage. Jason Shepard is our studio host. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy and our broadcast intern is Tommy Johnson. That's the crew. And you are tuned in on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We're around the country on satellite via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Love that. Locally on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. And we are heard on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. We are also around the globe online via BYURadio.org, BYUCougars.com, KSL.com, and on the BYU Cougars, the BYU Radio, the KSL Radio, and the TuneIn apps. Everywhere. So over the air, online, with the earbuds on the phone, however you're tuning us in. Great to have you along this evening for this late Friday night football game between BYU and Boise State. Well, if there was one area in which BYU expected consistency and productivity coming into this season, it was likely at quarterback, where Tanner Mangum began the season as the undisputed starter, poised to lead an otherwise relatively inexperienced group of backs and receivers, but with the savvy that comes after 3,000-plus yards passing as a freshman and a useful sophomore season in which he backed up Taysom Hill. Well, Mangum and the offense got off to kind of a sluggish start, right? Then versus Utah, he gets hurt. And over the next two games, his replacement gets hurt. The number three guy struggles. Even a fourth option was used and may still be used occasionally while a fifth option has been prepared to play tonight. Mark, of the things we may have seen coming, five different guys needing to take snaps were probably not among them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, who would? Who would ever think? Of course, there's only one quarterback. That's part of the trouble. You don't have a lot of guys to, to work with. It's like the center. There's two guys out there. I'd only have one in that position. But having a successful, experienced quarterback returning, that was to be the strong point for BYU this year. And at the beginning of each season, Greg, I go through and check the opponents uh, to see who has returning starting quarterbacks because I think that's the number one consideration for a strong, solid offense. So BYU is set with Tanner Mangum. And I really liked what Bo Hodge Work did in the summer. He worked so hard in the offseason. He added strength and his skill in his summer workouts to the point that he became a player that could step in and play. So when he goes down, it really created a challenge for BYU at quarterback. Coy Detmer is a much better passer than he performed against Utah State, to the point that spectators probably don't think he can play. But I'll bet that teammates and coaches probably have a different opinion. I still think that he is a possible player. Now, Ralph tweeted out this week that the last quarterback to play all season for BYU was... Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill in 2013, as odd as it is that uh, he got through that year. And so it happens, only one guy at quarterback, and it happens to be Tanner Mangum. And tonight uh, he's going to have a chance to come out and see if he can kind of get rid of the cobwebs, loosen things up a little bit, and just play the game. 2013, Taysom Hill beats Boise State here. 2015, Tanner Mangum beats Boise State here. here. That's right. 2017, we'll see how the Idaho kid does. Hopefully the Idaho kid is able to go tonight. We shall see soon enough. Well, more of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 per month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to BYU football. BYU football. 25-20. Pass into the end zone. 10-5 and touchdown. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. All right, so welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo on this homecoming weekend at BYU. Tonight it's BYU and Boise State with the Cougars looking to improve on their impressive home record under the Friday night lights. Since 2005, BYU is 11-1 on home field Friday nights. Boise State, meantime, has lost five of its last eight Friday away games. Hmm? Mm, yeah. BYU's last outing came last Friday night in Logan, a 40-24 to setback that was among the most unusual games Mark we've ever called together. BYU ran for 200-plus yards, stifled the Aggie run game, recorded nine tackles for loss, four sacks, scored on a pick six, and allowed the Ags fewer than 300 total yards on the night. But none of the positives could compensate for two overwhelming negatives. The loss of starting quarterback Bo Hodge to injury and seven turnovers, including two pick sixes the other way. In the end, it was a minus six margin with six of the seven giveaways coming after Hodge left the game. Simply put, at minus six, you don't expect to win, and BYU did not. Yeah, and that's really it. Uh, We talk about so many different things that led to that, but it was the turnovers that were the killer. It was unusual for this offense this year because they'd had no lost fumbles in their first four games. And then they lost three of them in the Utah State game and those four interceptions. One was a freaky bounce off a helmet. One when the game had already been decided. Both of those were for pick six. Then USU got 20 points from short fields created by turnovers or a pick six. So they had two more field goals added on with those two scores. Now, Boise State has eight takeaways so far this year. But they've given the football up seven times this year. And the causes, you know, and let's take the Virginia game. That game, Boise State got no turnovers at all and ended up losing that game handily. In the Washington State game that went overtime, Boise State got four turnovers and gave up three. So it was kind of that situation and that even-steven game. So I do think, though, that those were just too hard to overcome. Ball security has got to be of great importance to them, and the turnovers from the defense has got to be able to help BYU win some of these games. Now you mentioned the eight takeaways by Boise State here in 2017. They had nine takeaways all of last year, and already eight now. It's almost identical to what Utah State was pacing at. They had almost no takeaways last year, had a big number this year with seven against BYU, and that's helped to turn uh, their season in a positive way. Conversely, BYU, one of the top teams in the country in turnover margin last year, now one of the very worst in the country in turnover margin, second nationally in takeaways last year, nationally. And this year, they're averaging less than a takeaway per game. For BYU, much of the reversal of fortune comes down to the takeaway giveaway number. Yeah, and you talked about it because each time on those kind of turnovers, you end up losing field position. And when you lose field position and give up those short fields, it's so much more difficult to be able to get points. And and so even BYU got their two touchdowns by holding. Well, I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. And and, uh, BYU's opponents 
have a, a ranked fifth nationally in, in percentage of drives begun on BYU's side of the field. Of BYU's, of BYU's 13 turnovers, 12 have happened with the line of scrimmage being on BYU's side of the field. So BYU's not just turning it over. Oh, man. They're yeah, turning there's... it over and putting their defense in bad <clears throat> spots. That said, Mark, the defense, and I broke it down on Twitter yesterday, the defense has actually done quite well in mitigating the damage of so many of these turnovers coming deep in BYU's own territory. They've actually done it. Things could have been a lot worse than they've been thanks to how well the BYU defense has played in those situations. Well, time for another break as we head to this brief break. It's time for You Be the Judge. Brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's tonight's football rules scenario. First and goal on the opponent's five-yard line. Running back runs to the goal line, loses the ball prior to it breaking the plane of the goal line, but the officials rule touchdown. The ball comes to rest in the end zone with no player attempting to recover it. After video review, what should the ruling be? The answer is coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, to back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU and Boise State. The Cougs 1-4, the Broncos 2-2. Two two. The last time Boise was 2-2 two two through four games, 2013. They finished 8-5 on the year. Tonight's meeting is the first ever... BYU-Boise State game in which neither team has a winning record coming in. So that's interesting. Uh, Time to get the answer in tonight's NCAA football rules question. And you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. And here was tonight's football rules scenario. See how you do. First and goal on the opponent's five-yard line. The running back runs to the goal line, loses the ball prior to it breaking the plane of the goal line, but the officials signal touchdown. The ball comes to rest in the end zone with no player attempting to recover it. After video review, what should the ruling be? And here's the ruling. First of all, it's a reviewable play regarding whether uh, the player scored a touchdown before he lost the ball. So you reverse it to no score. So reverse it to no score. And it's the attacking team's ball, second and goal, on the one-yard line. If the ball becomes dead in the end zone with no team possessing it, the ball is placed at the spot of the fumble. So... No score, but you get another crack at it. Yeah. You be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. I'm assuming well, that's because there's no change of possession. Exactly. You fumbled right. it in there, and so the other team didn't take it away. True enough. Had BYU not lost its starting quarterback at Utah State, had BYU not been plagued with seven giveaways at Utah State, yeah. there's a good chance we'd be tonight talking about how BYU's defense had led the Cougars to victory in Logan. Instead, we're talking about how an otherwise stout defensive performance was overshadowed in that 40-24 uh, to 24 setback. Now, 40 is a lot of points, but consider that USU scored 14 on pick sixes and the fact the Aggies repeatedly got the ball in scoring territory after BYU turnovers. And, well, the BYU defense performed, as I said before, uh, better than the numbers ultimately show. And, Mark, I think that BYU's defensive identity has solidified now and can hopefully carry the Cougs to some positive results. In Logan, we saw playmakers Tonga, Takitaki, and the Warner Brothers, and even guys like Grant Jones making plays. If they can find a way to manufacture just a few more takeaways... Kalani Satake may really have something with this group. They used that 3-3-5 defense, which was unique last week, and uh, it was to kind of help play against uh, the mobile quarterback. And so I'm interested to see if they come out with that again tonight against Boise State. But the defense did a terrific job. USU had 17 possessions in that football game, and BYU forced eight punts of those 17 possessions. They had one interception, they blocked a field goal, and they forced a turnover on downs. Now, 
uh, Utah State did score on three touchdown drives, but one was a short one of just 43 yards, and they got two field goals. One was a nine-yard drive, and the other one was a minus three-yard drive, meaning they just had terrific position, and so one to end the game. So they got 20 points out of those uh, turnovers, those two pick sixes and those two field goals. 20 points is just a killer when you're going to score 24. Now, here was a part that I like. BYU forced two USU punts from inside their own 16-yard line. In doing so, BYU got positive field position, and they were able to score their two touchdown drives because of that positive field position. So the fact that they held them and forced punts gave BYU a chance to score. Now, you know how much importance I place on average starting field position. Well, BYU's had the edge in that stat one time this year, and that was the Portland State opener. So in all these FBS games, the field position has not been in BYU's favor. Not just not in BYU's favor. It's a, it's a it's distinct negative advantage. It's minus double digits yard differentials, and that's, a, that's hard to overcome. Uh, more on the turnover note real quickly. Ralph handing me a, a Post-it note saying that uh, 41% of BYU's, uh, BYU's opponent's scoring has come after turnovers oh, this year. So it's just uh, too much help that the offense is giving the opposing offense this year. Coming up, we'll hear from Nate Mickle down at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and Boise State continues. Uh, television broadcast note, tonight's game will start on ESPN2 before going over to ESPN. ESPN was the scheduled outlet for tonight, but uh, UConn and Memphis is on ESPN and going long. And so ESPN2 to start Cougars and Broncos. Of course, you can tune in Stay with right us here. here. Stay with us. Yeah. We're, we're with you all the way and where we're always going to be. You're never going to have to worry about us changing channels on you. So <laughs> stick with us. And we've got kickoff coming up. And Nate Mickles coming up after this as well. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Francis catch, 10-5, touchdown! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar fans, hear ye, hear ye. Post your favorite fan picks from tonight's game with this hashtag, Les Olson IT. Hashtag Les Olson IT. That's L E S O L S O N I T. So take a fan pick, you, your wife, your kids, your in laws, your nieces, your nephews, you and the fam, you and your friends. Post a fan pick from tonight's game with the hashtag Les Olson IT to Twitter for your chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We'll award it after tonight's game. So we'll take a look at our favorite fan picks from tonight, but only if you use the hashtag IT, and one of you could walk away with 100 bucks from Amazon after tonight's game. Again, take a fan pick tonight at the stadium. Post it, hashtag IT. All right, BYU and Boise State coming up. Uh, neither team is in a particularly good mood coming in. Uh, BYU's lost four straight, and Boise got worked by Bronco Mendenhall's Virginia team on the blue two weeks ago tonight. Mark, it's not just that Boise's 2-2 two and two and coming off a blowout loss. It's how the offense has looked in the process. Brett Rippon has been banged up and not terribly effective. The run game is really struggling under a new offensive coordinator. It's not the Bronco juggernaut we usually see when these two teams get together. Boy, they just haven't run the ball extremely well at all. You know, Montel Cozart, now he's kind of the backup quarterback and plays maybe half the game, maybe not. He did get to play a game that Rippon was hurt. He's the backup quarterback. He's the team's leading rusher. I was just getting to that. He's (laughs) their leading rusher. And, you know, not that great at 47.8 yards a game. 
game, you know. And so I do think uh, they're like that uh, shopping cart that has one wheel that's really off, you know. It runs you, you know, you're just wobbling all the time. that happens. Yeah, and so they throw the ball okay with two quarterbacks playing, 61% completion rate and 234 yards a game. So they're pretty decent as far as, uh, you know, respectable as throwing the football. But when Rippon gets started and, and he's off track, he stays off track. So that's when they do have that opportunity to bring in Cozart. Now, the wide receiver, Cedric Wilson, he gets most of the action. 29 catches in four games and 121 yards a game. So That's look, a sixth nationally, by the way, right now. Yeah, and BYU has to pay special attention to him. You've got to do something different than just letting him roam free out there, uh, You know, similar to Carrington did at Utah. Let's bring in Nate Mickle now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And Nate, uh, BYU on this four-game skid. Big underdog on the home field tonight. Last time we saw the Cougs in a similar spot, though, was seven years ago. One and four BYU hosted a Mountain West team, rallied for a win over San Diego State. That week, a staff change was the catalyst for victory. What can BYU count on this week against Boise? Yeah, Greg, I, I think uh, this Boise team, of all of the seven that BYU has played, this one, this Boise team is probably the most beatable. And if BYU, I think, can establish the ground game early, we have a good chance of coming out of here with the win. All right, Nate, thank you. Kickoff is coming up, folks. After this, we'll get Mark's Ken Garf keys to the game, the coin toss, and then our opening kick. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.